left my dad's coat at a show The sound man found it, don't you know It took a while for me to get it back But we stayed in touch and made each other laugh And then we found a date that fit To meet up We recorded it In a hotel That's how the blue coat Hey Mark, how you doing? All right, man. How are you? Very well. We've got another good show coming up today. We've got Tom Bark Hazen from Derby County coming on the show in a bit. Oh, I yeah, cool. Now listen, something bad happened this week. I have got in my office what we call a magic wand. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I've got a friend called Ollie, and his dad makes these like beautiful magic wands. It's like the wood is something that you would think it's yeah. magical it's got this kind of it's got a unicorn hair in it and you can you know yeah it's really special just to describe it fully it's got <laughs> the long wood part but it's also got a stone of some sort like whether it's a gem or a precious stone or whatever i don't know but that's that's kind of at one end of it and then it's got like this little spider that is made that's as if it's crawling over it. it's it's basically amazing but I went to get something off a high shelf, which is where I had that wand, and it just fell perfectly off the shelf, landed on my laptop, and it's broken the trackpad. I think the stone must have hit it. Yeah. You did send me on WhatsApp a, a string of expletives. Well, it wasn't. In fact, I mean, it's the Johnny, Johnny Awesome version of a string of expletives because you're generally like one genuinely one of the most wholesome people I've ever met but I think that that pushed your limits a bit didn't it fucked my laptop (laughs) (laughs) I was sat there (laughs) but the reality of it is what you got there you've got a stick with um a weighted pointy thing on the one end so if it falls yeah what you've got there Johnny is is a spear or arrow, so it's always going to land with the pointy bit in the thing. I work so that out. The more you physics it, the more it makes sense. It's a bloody disaster. Have you ever done anything weird like that? Oh, um, when I was doing a couple of years ago, the Hawkwind festi- festival thing way down south in I think we were Devon or something. I gave up smoking cigarettes around about ten years ago, more. But I still do have, like, one of these stupid electronic things. I'd love to give it up, but I am still a nicotine addict. I give it, I've given up everything else in my life, but nicotine seems to be one of those things I can't quite... That looks like it's dropped off WD-41, that. It has. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know want to know which bit. <laughs> Why do you think we're such good mates? <laughs> anyway, I remember I was, like, second or third day, and we... First couple of days we were freezing in tents. So the third, second or third night, we actually got um, a room in this cottage, like this holiday cottage, staying. And I remember just going out, and of course we're in the middle of nowhere. You can't get anything, and I dropped this on the floor 
of the thing and it shattered. And I was running late and it was really tight for time and I had to be somewhere. And I dropped this thing in the morning and it shattered. And we had to be out of the cottage. And that was important because I need to get new people. And it shattered tiny fragments of glass covered in vape oil all over this kitchen floor. They just went into every direction, you know, the glass tanks. And it just... What was the floor made out of? It was like hard slabs, like stone floor slabs. Oh, that's why. So it was just glued to the floor with like the vape oil and tiny fragments of broken glass everywhere. And there was a dog as well that was padding around that belonged to someone else. (laughs) But suddenly there's a dog. Trying to stop a dog standing on the broken glass and clean it up. And I was late and I was like... And of course, I couldn't get anything anymore. So I had no way of getting any nicotine. And I was stressed and I was like... It's just stuff like that. And it was just like a random thing. Like it, I, I, I clipped it on my elbow and it span and it bounced off something and then it fell and it... Well, listen, I think that's this week's ask. I think we say to the listeners, I'd love to know. Yeah. Have you ever broken something, damaged something, smashed something in a weird and freaky and crazy way? You know the drill. Facebook seems to be the place that most people are posting these. So my Johnny Awesome Facebook is a good home for them. Or you can email me. We've had some emails this week. Johnny at johnnyawesome.com. Let us know a time that you ruined something Mm. by doing something bonkers. Yeah. By doing something crazy. London, Tokyo, and Penzance. We want your correspondence. Now, Mark, as discussed between me and you, we are going to make one more of these podcasts, number 10, and then we're going to have a break for a bit. Yes, we've both got things on for for a little bit so got some crazy stuff coming up so this season will be a 10 episode season now what we've done for a bit Mm. of fun listeners is we've made a donation page and you don't have to donate but if you want to support the podcast i mean i think it would probably spur us on to make a second series we were discussed this earlier it does take quite a lot of man hours to actually make this happen when we started this neither of us had done it before yeah, we didn't realise how much work it was. <laughs> but it is a few days' work. Every single week. Each, really, every single week. So it is quite difficult. It would help, yeah. Yeah, and we love making it, and we do want to come back with some more. But if you want to donate, the website address is gofundme.com forward slash F, that's F for fish, forward slash blue coat. So that's gofundme.com forward slash F, forward slash blue coat and on there you can donate anything you like if you want to support the pod yeah that would be rich folk who've got excess money that we'd love it that would be very helpful thank you very much if you've not got any money just listen to the podcast and enjoy it anyway that's it it's time for correspondence and this week we've had some good stuff in mark the first few bits i want to talk to you about are meeting stories you know last week that guy was saying there's no i in team but there is in Dickhead. I love that, yeah. And he uses it in team meetings, and it kind of made me think, what else has happened in meetings that people want to tell us? So sit back and listen to this. Jonathan Davies said, as a joke on April Fool's Day in 2020, I gave my project report on Teams, that's like Zoom, in the style of Donald Trump. I thought it would lift the mood a bit. My boss told the senior management team, that my acquired brain injury, I had actually acquired a brain injury from meningitis in 2002, had caused an altered accent syndrome episode, 
and that they must do their best not to laugh. One by one, they went on mute and off camera. They didn't twig until I said we were going to build a wall around a large town and we were going to make the county council pay for it, at which point one of the directors said, is this a joke? I mean, how long do you need? <laughs> Mate, you'll love this one. Kathy Graydon says, I was flying to a meeting. It was only a short 45-minute flight. She said, the guy in front of me decided to whack his seat back with 20 minutes to go. I pushed the seat back and asked him nicely to be considerate, whilst acknowledging he had the perfect right. He gave me some verbal and kept the seat back. Mm -hmm. I arrived at the meeting and was chatting to colleagues, and lo and behold, who walked in? Yep, Mr. <laughs> Inconsiderate from the plane. He was in sales and I'm in procurement, and they were there to do a pitch. He looked at me and said, I'm sure I recognise you. And I replied, I recognise the back of your head from this morning's flight. Wow. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. I then watched the colour drain from his face. Well, that's what you get for being inconsiderate. Yeah, it's a bit of justice. This is a short one, but it's good, from Margaret mm -hmm. Steele. She said, once I was in a meeting, and at the end when they say, any questions? A colleague said, yes, I have one. Why does it say you are invited to the meeting? It makes it sound as if I can refuse. <laughs> That's quite argumentative, isn't it? You have been cordially invited to a meeting. Can I just not go then? Thanks, but no. Quite right. Exactly. They're just, they're just calling it. Now, we've had an email in, and I would go as far as to say this might be the best email we've ever had to the podcast. So direct, direct to email, not, not off Facebook or anything like that. Direct to email, and it's about duping stories. You know the old topic, duping stories? Oh, right, the pranks, yeah. This is an absolute peach. You ready for this? Okay, I like these. Let's, let's go. Let's see what we got here. This has come from Matt Brooks. Uh -huh. He said, when I was about 12 years old, Dan, my younger brother, and I were playing rugby in the garden. That's the setting for this. He tackled me just before I was about to score the winning try. I didn't like that, and I screamed in pain, claiming that he'd tackled me illegally and seriously hurt my leg. I exaggerated this claim for a long while to such an extent that my parents thought I must have actually done some significant damage, and Dan was, as intended, starting to feel a bit guilty about it. They took me to hospital and x-rayed it, but nothing was broken, obviously because my leg was fine. But I continued complaining about pain to the point that I was referred to a specialist in muscle and ligament damage. It gets worse. I forget the consultant's name, but he was the leading specialist in the area. He examined me, and because I'd previously genuinely done something along these lines to my leg, I knew when to yelp and wince. And so, as a 12-year-old, I convinced this consultant that I had torn the medial ligament in the back of my knee and was told that I was going to have to have a full leg plaster hip to ankle for six weeks. <laughs> I remember as the plaster was going on thinking, <laughs> maybe you've taken this a bit far, but there was no going back by this point. So I wore that plaster for a month and a half, going to school with a walking stick the fact that I didn't have a cool crutch makes me think to this day that the consultant suspected something. And then six weeks later, they took off the plaster and funnily enough, my leg had withered away. I couldn't bend it. 
and I had to go through months of painful physio to get the strength yeah. and mobility back in it. Not sure who's duped who in this one, to be honest. But to this day, that's the most stupid thing I've ever done. And that's up against some fairly stiff competition. I thought that might amuse Matt. I Matt, mean, where to start? Matt, you knobhead. What are you... First of all, the, the enormous cost of public money. Let 12, you're not thinking about that, are you? But literally... But you subjecting yourself to months of muscular atrophy requiring physiotherapy. I mean, what an absolute crazy story that is. I mean, there's doubling down. That's that's quadrupling down at that point, isn't it? Wow, that is quadrupling down. I think that's worth an award, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think that exactly. Yeah, let's give him what? What do we call these awards? The um, the made up awards. All right, let's have the fanfare. Hang on. It's time for the made-up awards. And what, what, what's the award for? And the winner for the most, I would call this the most ill-advised doubling down award. I think it's the quadruple. It's called quadrupling down award. Yeah. Winning the quadrupling down award Please give it up for Matt Brooks, everybody. Come on. Yeah. John. On, well done, Matt. For Wow. <laughs> that is another level. It's next level. It's next level. His name is Marcus, and he's a drummer. He lives in a van, but it's not a bummer. We're gonna call him and find out where he's at. Marcus Carter, are you there? Hello, how you doing? Hey, Marcus. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I, d- I feel a bit anxious today for some reason. I don't mm. know why. Maybe it's because Bruce from signmedia.co.uk has just emailed me and said, the signs have been printed, the signs are being posted, so it's nearly splashdown time. It's nearly time for me and you, Marcus, to hook up and put them on the van. I cannot wait. <laughs> Lionel ready? <laughs> Lionel is ready. Lionel is raring to go. Now, last week we gave you a proper challenge, a real thing to do. We wanted you to go away and work out how to welcome three listeners to the podcast. First question, have you done your homework? Yes, I have done my homework. You legend. Which country do you want to start with? Which country do you want to kick off with? I think... Let's start with Czech Republic. I just need to find my notes here. We guess, and then you tell us if we've got it right or wrong. Yeah. And then I'll tell Just you. as a recap for the listeners, because I don't think we really covered this just now, is last week we asked Marcus, or specifically Johnny, because he's the one who asks people to do things. Um, <laughs> Johnny asked Marcus to go away and learn um, greetings for our listeners who are around the globe, who have potentially quite difficult to learn languages in their language. That, that's what's happening now, if you've just joined us. We worked out that we had one listener in Japan, one in Honduras, and one in the Czech Republic, and we thought it would be really nice to welcome those people to the pod. So that's what's about to happen. Okay, yeah, Marcus, like... the floor is yours. Okay, here we go. So uh, I'll just get up my notes here. And, okay, Czech Republic, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Ahoy, a bit of you, and now you're podcasting the planet day. Hey. After. Huh? Not bad. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Just remind me which country that's from. Uh, Czech Republic. Now, Czech Republic. Any guesses, Mark? Well, I heard the word planet. Um, I'm saying, I, I'm saying, um, I think you said, welcome to our listeners in the Czech Republic. Uh, no, welcome to the, the best um, podcast on the planet or something like that. That's what I was getting. Yeah, planet's the only word I kind of took out of it. What is it, Marcus? Well, I have to give it to Mark. He got it exactly right. Exactly, exactly right. what I said. No. I said, hello, hello, and welcome to the best podcast on the planet. Whoa. Come on. Come on. Right. That's so very, good. Very Marcus, good. Well done to you, because that's a lovely line, and well done, Mark, for guessing it. Right, I'll guess the next one. Didn't I say that I can understand languages despite that I've never learned? You did say that the other week. Yeah. Told you. Okay, so... Um, Remember, we want accents. <laughs> In that case, I'm going to do Japanese so that I can relax for the last oh. one. Okay, welcome to the land of the rising sun. And uh, in Japanese, uh, I would like to welcome our podcast listeners by saying, Ya! Shigio de Seko Naputa Yakasa to Daya Yokoso! <laughs> Do you know what? I, I reckon that was quite good on the accent today. I felt like that felt quite authentic to me. What is wrong with the pair of you? <laughs> I've been to Japan and that would be... I've got no idea. <laughs> that meant exactly the same. Welcome to the best podcast in the world. Sorry, hello, welcome to the best podcast in the world in Japanese. Okay, very good. And then we're going to go on to the last one, which is... Where are we going now? We're going to Spain. We're off to sunny Spain. Every Well, specifically Honduras. All right, here we go. Uh, straw donkey under my arm. Here we go. Spanish. I can't get my notes up. Here we go. Hola y bienvenidos a la podcast que la gente de la República Checa y Japón ni le mane medio podcast del planeta. <laughs> well, let me just say before we do anything else, I think we've got the clip to advertise this podcast sorted. <laughs> it's also good to see the return of Borat. <laughs> I have got I did, no I did, idea. I I've got know. no idea what that meant. Mark? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even take our word out of that, could you? I strongly suspect he said exactly the same thing as he did in the uh, previous one. Nope. Oh, look, he's staying in character. He's staying in character, look. Was it not the best cut podcast on the planet again? Nope. Different one. Oh. It was much longer, wasn't it? It was, a, it was a really long... It was like a paragraph. It was a different language. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have the same sentence structures. They don't have the same amount of words. There's not like a committee sat in a room going, you can't have more than five words. Because in what, Brazil, they want. only use five words. Tell us, what Marcus. Do you, what do you what think? What are you saying? All right, well, I'll tell you, since you uh, can't work it out, I said, hello and welcome to what people in Honduras and Japan are referring to as the best podcast in the world. That's amazing. Apart from it's you doing the referring, but we'll take that. No, 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 no. People in the Czech Republic and Honduras. 
are actually saying that. What he's telling you there is he's not only has he gone and learned the language in a week, he's also done the citizenships. So he's now qualified to represent. Holy shit. Well, listen, Marcus, <laughs> I can't quite believe I'm going to say this, but I actually think you've done quite a good job. I mean, one thing we should say is if you live in any of those countries... Do get in touch and let us know what you thought to Marcus's... Actually, is this a bad idea? This is a bad <laughs> idea. It's a terrible idea. I'll just exactly. say that bit again. I think what I meant was, if you live in one of those countries, we're really sorry for what's just happened. Yeah, yeah. Just send us some hate mail. Other podcasts are available. Yeah. <laughs> just We can only apologise. All right, Marcus. I look forward to seeing you when you get to mine. We'll get those signs on the van and well done on completing your mission. We'll see you next week. Goodbye for see now. Take it easy, Marcus. Bye. 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 That was chaos, but funny. I think that almost sums up the podcast. <laughs> chaos, but funny. Hmm. His name is Mark Carver and he'd rather Playing video games and not the dating game, but it's time for love. It's time for love, Mark. Okay, before we do anything, I noticed this week you sent me a message that said mm-hmm. you'd had an email from someone off the old OKCupid site. Yeah. And I just wondered. OK Computer, yeah. Um, I did. I got sent an intro it was the only person that i could tell that had read the horrific bio that you had written for me that was just like a load of like awful you know love ballad puns what they'd done they'd sort of done it back to you yeah it was as a lady who i think i think she's perhaps a bit a little bit older than me maybe how old was she I think she might have been in her fifties. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. She's a little bit older than me. I'd say. I mean, I'd say I'm a fairly young forty-one. Okay, so a bit old for you, probably. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And she'd replied using lyrics. Do you know which songs? She just responded with, "I bet you look good on the dance floor, dancing like a robot from 1984." And um, she was three years off, and it was a zinger of a line, but. Um, I think the problem was she'd responded, it wasn't me. The bio's not me, Johnny. So she, her, her, her response, it was designed for you, if anyone. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> You're in, mate. So, so are we going to leave that one, are we? Yeah, yeah. And what about the speed dating? Last week we chatted about looking at some real-life speed dating. Did you manage to find any that were near you? I did some Googling. Um, yeah. There's some in Derby, there's some in Nottingham, I suppose would be the two obvious places. I'll check Dashbourne, maybe small, small, small town vibes. We might be, it might be a thing. I don't know. But the, they seem to be every couple of weeks and they're upstairs in some pub function room, like, but like usually like these chain pubs, like a picture and piano or something like that. Um, I did look at them. Now, my immediate feeling was just depression. There's brackets to this, Johnny, I've discovered. There's brackets. What do you mean? Well, I looked at them, and most of them, most of the meets, uh, I think it's 26 to 35. Okay. Right. And it says they can be flexible with it, you know, a little bit here either side. But, I mean, I don't think... 
I think seven years is like really. Okay, what is the one that's for your bracket? Well, on the very start of the bracket, Johnny, there's no 35 to 40. Oh, no. No, no, there's not. What's yours? It's, it, it's 40 to 55. I'm back with dance floor. This made me so happy. Well, fuck you, Johnny. I mean, your face. Literally, I mean, I'm in a bracket, but I am. No, as I said, I think I'm a fairly young. I mean, I'm going to be 42 in May. I reckon you're onto a winner here. I think you're onto an absolute winner. You're going to be like you can strut in there. Strut, Johnny. You'll be like the cock of the <laughs> the picture and piano. No, what will happen is I'll look like a dickhead. Which is at least true, but um, no, this is this is a concept that already instilled me with anxiety and fear. Sounds like you're quite up for it to me. What What are you talking about? <laughs> Can I make a suggestion, Johnny? Now I don't. You seem to have made a lot of suggestions over the past few months, Johnny. Here's my suggestion. Right, okay, go on just, then. Just hear me out, hear me out. Because I, I am listening to you. I'm listening. Right. How about this week, just email any of those places that you think you would fit into the bracket of. The, the ones where you're saying it's like 40 to 55. Well, why don't you email them and just ask how many people might be there that are your age so that we get a bit of a, a feel for it. If they come back and say, oh, to be honest, most people there are like over 50, 55, whatever. Or they might say, oh, you'd be surprised. At least half the people there are very early th- 40s, you'll be fine. Do you know what I mean? Um, the whole thing fi- fi- fills me with terror. Um, well, just an email is all I'm suggesting. Just an email, just to just to find out a bit more about it rather than just the f- front of the website. Like, you know, ask them, ask them who right. goes and what ages. That's sure. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Right. Nothing else. Okay. Don't book it on. Right. Just see what they say. I'll send an email or web form or on their page or whatever. Yeah. Great. Sounds like we've got ourselves a plan. <laughs> sounds, so, sounds like we've got ourselves some very tentative, mild research. <laughs> he's on the right droid and you'll miss him when he's gone. He's WD1. All right, we are going to call our guest in a moment, Tom Barkhazen, and get WD41 to ask him some questions. Is he working this week, Mark? Is he there? WD, are you awake, mate? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, just, he just said, fuck off, Johnny. <laughs> you know when someone's a bit grumpy and you're like yeah. stirring them to get up to school or whatever? It sounded a bit like that, like, yeah, off me. I'm going to have to make him a cup of tea before he, he gets into that interview because this is, you know, I'm worried. Give him a bit of oil. Yeah. I'll just give him a little tickle on his capacitors. He'll be all right. All right. Are you ready? I am. WD? Okay. Okay. He was born under the bright lights of Blackpool. He's a footballer or soccer player, if you're American, and he plays for Derby County, my hometown. Please welcome to the podcast to be interviewed by our droid, Tom Bark Hazen. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. How was that? Yeah, I'll happily take that. 
And you pronounced it right. So first time for everything. You should be practicing the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one ever gets it right. So. Oh, I feel quite pleased. To start. I think it's time for you to introduce Tom to our droid. Okay, so Tom, I'll just introduce you to uh, WD41. Oh, there he is. There you go. He says, uh, hello, Tom. I, I do like Star Wars, so... Um... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I must admit there are some similarities. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't know how that happened. Uh, anyway, <laughs> WD, have you got any questions for Tom? He says he does. Okay. <laughs> okay, so WD's asking, who is the funniest teammate you've ever played with and what makes them so funny? Uh, that's quite a funny question because I've just been with him. So he's a former teammate uh-huh. uh, called Jaden, and he's just hilarious, which is obviously good to have in a dressing room when things aren't going very well, when you've got someone who can just light up a room. Uh, yeah. But that is quite funny because I haven't seen him for ages because he moved clubs and then I've moved clubs. And you don't really keep in contact that much with all your teammates. Can you think of anything really funny he's ever come out with? Or does he do pranks um, or anything like that? Uh, so there was one session when he was calling everyone Sam for no reason. And everyone was just like, what's going I think at first everyone's like, what's going on? But then the more he did it and the louder he got with it. Because obviously the coaches don't really understand you know, what he's going for. And I think he was just trying to make everyone laugh. Okay. Um, he'd do a session where he'd just play with his weak foot and it would be horrendous <laughs> but because he wouldn't take himself too seriously it was yeah it was I think comedy gold I think everyone's got that one mate who just every, they're not trying to be funny it's just they just genuinely yeah. are just everything they do everything they say there's just they just cheer you up yeah and I think sometimes he probably didn't expect it to come across as funny. Yeah. But then when you've yeah. got everyone laughing and then he just he would just roll with it. Um Yeah. So yeah, quite a good question actually cuz I obviously saw, I well, I only got back from seeing him about an hour ago, so Oh, that's wicked, man. Yeah, good start. Right. WD, let's have another question for Tom. Oh, he's saying what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you on the pitch? I mean, I've had some bad games. I've <laughs> had some bad games. Let's just get that out there. There's a reason that we play in League One because we do have bad games. Uh, <laughs> I probably missed some really bad chances. Have you ever had anything kind of crazy though, like a wardrobe malfunction or? Yeah, thankfully not a ward. Like you know, when you're sliding around, that like my pants haven't come off while I'm in front of the crowd or. Or anything like that. Um, Have you ever hit the ball and it's hit one of the stewards or anything like that? I've hit a fan in the warm up. I've, I've definitely hit a couple of fans in the warm up when we're doing the like practice shooting. And, uh, sometimes, sometimes you, you, yeah. If you've been getting a bit of shit or something, oh, I mean, I swear. Uh, if you've been, yeah, you can swear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you've been getting a little bit of shit and you accidentally hit a fan, you know, most of the time you go over and apologise, but sometimes you don't. I don't care if she was four, she was being a wanker, you know. <laughs> yeah, so no, I mean, it is quite funny, you know, when people do hit people in the crowd and they're not looking and they're stood right behind yeah. the net and you think, well, it's kind of your fault. You chose to stand there. Yeah. You know that we're not Premier League international players. There's a chance the ball is going to hit you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it does always get a laugh among the, among the group when it, when it hits someone who's not looking because it's like, come on, 
It's better if they're holding a drink. I, I had it one game. My mates were coming to the game, and they we were playing Accrington, and they just walked around like the back of the stand to get to the stand. I think one of them had a pie, and he said it was millimeters from knocking his pie out of his hand. Oh. So that would have gone down really well with me. I would have, uh, <laughs> I would have laughed quite a lot at that one. Um, yeah. I think my brother got hit one time when we were younger when when we used to go to games. Um, yeah, yeah it, it happens, but it's funny when when they're not looking. Yeah, I never knew that went on. Did you, Mark? I've never heard of that before. What people getting hit in the crowd? Well, that you might, you know, if you were getting a bit of shit. Accidentally hit an away fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, so if the, the ball's face. going out for a th- if the ball's going out for a throw in and you're trying to time waste a little bit, you can just boot it into the crowd and <laughs> take someone down with you. Then yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's fair game, isn't it? You're getting if, if they're abusing you all game. Then yeah, it, it's not as frowned upon as much as it is in baseball or cricket because you know football's football's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to end up in prison for killing someone with a a stray cricket ball. Because I do actually like to go and watch the cricket, and I always think, imagine you got hit. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Like, I don't understand how more people aren't in hospital watching the cricket because uh, it must bloody hurt. A friend of my boy's mum, she's a big ice hockey fan, and I remember uh, posting up a picture on Facebook, she got hit in the face by a puck, and it was bad. Ooh. You know, it's proper, proper yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's a bad one. Oof. Yeah. No, I think football's relatively safe compared to, yeah. to the likes of hockey and cricket. Yeah. Javelin. That would be bad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) WD, you got another question for Tom. Okay. So WD41's asking you, do you have any pre-match rituals or superstitions that you follow? Um, Recently, I've had it where I've worn the same boxes to go to the game. I was just on a bit of a scoring run and happened to be wearing the same boxes. But they never last. I've tried it before, and as soon as you stop scoring, it's like, oh, it's not the boxes. It's mm-hmm. just a bit of luck. Or, um, yeah. I, to be honest, I, some people are. I'm, I'm not. I just turn up and play. And yeah, yeah. I like to. Have, well, I like to have a coffee before the game, mainly so I'm feeling a bit more buzzed. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, have you seen any funny ones, Tom? That people do. Can you? Have you ever um, clocked a really funny ritual? I had one teammate who you weren't allowed to touch any of his stuff. So he'd have his drinks right. laid out in a specific way. He'd put his socks on in a specific, like, right first or left first, whichever one it was. Um, shin pads had to be on the same. Boots had to be on the same. Um, couldn't have any colour on his boots, so it would be, like, with a black marker pen, be colouring his boots in. Yeah, I, I don't think you tend to find that many. Like, there's no weird ones. Like, no one's yeah. chanting in the corner there. <laughs> <laughs> their pre-match chant to get them revved up. Um, but I think more just little ones like that, you know, I have to put the shin pad on yeah. for like which, the left one first or the right one first or, or things What like would that. he do if someone moved his stuff? I think someone did move it once. That was before I played with him and it didn't go down well. I think just general head loss. And then you get quite lucky if they still have a good game because if they have a bad game, then it's obviously because someone... Move the yeah. bottle, or they yeah, yeah mess mess with their socks, or cut a hole in a sock, or something like that. But yeah, I've never really been one to to have superstitions. Just turn up, go out and play, and hopefully do well. I think it's probably the best policy. Yeah, it's funny because we had this convers- I had this conversation with one of my current teammates. You know, when like you're playing really well and you're winning every week, uh-huh. and it gets to dessert at night, 
and you're like, oh, I'll just have an extra bit of sticky toffee because we're winning, I'm playing well, like, it's fine. <laughs> as soon as you lose that first game, you don't even have one dessert, never mind an extra <laughs> bit. Never and you're like, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, I'll just make sure that I don't have a, a can of Coke, I'll have a water, and I'll yeah. have extra vegetables instead of extra you know, rice or whatever you want to have with your dinner. Um, It is quite funny how the football brain works with players because when you're winning and everything's brilliant, yeah, you do tend to enjoy yourself a little bit more. But then when you you lose, and obviously we've had that recently where we we were on a really good run yeah, and then we lost, which is how it came up. Um, So I sent him a picture of me cooking a massive sticky toffee and he sent me back a a Twix because he was trying to be a little bit better. Um, (laughs) Who, yeah, which player it, was that? That was Corey, Corey Smith. Oh, um, brilliant. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I love I, that. Yeah, I had a so I had this. I bought one of the, you know the ones from Waitrose, like the massive sticky toffees. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just trying to be good. I'll only have half. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas normally you would have a bit more. Um, and he said he was fuming because he just bought a Twix. And he was like, I'm trying to just not have the, the sticky toffee because I'll feel too guilty <laughs> if we then go and lose the next game. That's it. Um, <laughs> It's, you draw these correlations, don't you? It's like back in my my drinking days, it's like you go out and you drink like nine pints of, of Guinness oh. and then somebody give you a, a whiskey and you wake up the next day, obviously a complete fucking mess. And you go, never <laughs> drinking whiskey again. Like that was the problem. <laughs> you know, it's the sticky toffee pudding. Never having sticky toffee pudding again. <laughs> yeah, that's the same with us though. Do you know, like, even with things like going out, if you yeah. go out when you're winning, it's yeah. fine. If you go out when you're not winning, it's yeah. obviously a complete... Yeah different story and yeah. really if with week-to-week games it doesn't make any difference mm-hmm. if you're out on a saturday night and you haven't got a game till the next saturday it makes no difference but when you're losing yeah. you just won't do it and it's if anything it probably hampers it because you think about it too much um yeah whereas when you're winning bloody hell everything's yeah everything's amazing isn't it you can everything you touch turns to gold and yeah everything off off the pitch seems to go well when you're winning i think just because you're generally in a better mood um yeah. yeah, it is funny how yeah. how a win or a loss at the weekend can dictate large parts of your life. Yeah. Another good question from WD for one there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's let's see what else he's got for us. You got another question, WD? Okay, yeah. I thought he might go off piece at some point. Um, he's, he's asking it, would you rather have to wear a top hat and monocle every time you play or have to play with a live chicken under your arm? Oh, you've done uh, it again, mate, I know, I know. I mean, the chicken would be good at scaring away the opponent, so like someone tries to close you down, you just pull out the chicken. Yeah. So I would probably go for the chicken just for that. Yeah, the fear factor. Yeah, I'm not six foot three and, and built like a... Yeah, a massive player, so I don't have to strike fear into my opponent if they look at me. So maybe the maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I do need to go and buy a chicken. Yeah, it would definitely uh, throw someone a trained assault chicken. That's what you need, Tom. Yeah, yeah, just a little peck every now and again, and yeah, I get a bit more space and yeah, and Derby get a few more wins. Hopefully, I can't wait Uh, to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the ratings are going through the roof. Yeah, I didn't really have to think about the answer. Just give me the chicken and I'll I'll do my thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. An attack chicken. That's what yeah. you want. The trained assault chicken. That's what you need. I can't quite get one myself. It'd be good in Aldi. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. WD, you got any more questions? 
Right, okay. It's a bit more serious. He says, can you talk about a time in your career when you faced a significant setback or challenge and, and what did you do to overcome it? Um, that's actually quite easy. So when I was 21, I was at Blackpool and I played a few games that year, but I knew I was leaving at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I'd been on loan at Morecambe that season for just a month and, you know, just to get some games and, and whatever. Um, and I kind of decided then I wanted to sign there permanently, but they were the like the lowest ranked team in, in League Two. Mm-hmm. I think they just stayed up by a point or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, they were the lowest payers, they were the lowest earners as a club, the smallest club in the league. Um, but because I got along well with the manager, I really wanted to go and, and play for him and, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully... Because Blackpool were in the championship, I was obviously dropping a couple of leagues, but I wanted to kind of make or break it for myself mm-hmm. because I was sick of just being, you know, I wasn't earning the money that championship players earn mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't playing. So it was kind of like, you know, what's the point? Do I even want to do this anymore? Um, training with the reserves and, and things like that. Um, so that was a big moment to decide to go to the smallest team in League Two because it was kind of like, if this doesn't work out, I'm finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my my dad and my granddad, who was alive at the time, weren't happy that I was just kind of rushing into that decision because I made that decision within two days of you know being told I wasn't going to get a new contract and you know officially because you kind of know when you want to leave, but when it's official, you can then go and speak to other clubs and mm-hmm. yeah things like that. So I'd kind of already agreed my deal, you know, within two days of of leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and they thought I'd probably rushed it and I probably should have waited for a, a bigger club. And, you know, I kind of just wanted to put myself in that make or break position rather than just coasting it through and, you know, picking up a squad player at a League One club and, and things like that. Because I think it's quite easy to fall into that. Mm-hmm. Joe, just trying to pick up contracts and just trying to stay in the game. Whereas I was at the point where it was like, I'm not earning enough money to for it to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't on thousands a week. Um, so it was like, right, just sign a couple of years and, and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And at least you can say you gave it a go. Yeah. And then if it does work, I backed myself that I was good enough to then get a move back to the, you know, at mm. least league one. Mm. Um, and thankfully for me, it worked, you know, I spent about 14 months there and then I got moved to Preston. So yeah, it all worked out pretty well, but that was a big decision for me because I had so many people telling me I shouldn't do it. But once I've made my mind up on something, you know, it was similar with Derby in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, once I've made my mind up that I want to do something, I'll I'll go and do it. And, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, yeah. But thankfully, well, you just kind of got to hope that more often than not it does work. And, and thankfully for me, that kind of, that probably changed my whole life, you know, from a career point of view, just because, you know, I've obviously had a, a good career since then and I've managed to maximize, you know, what I've got and, and yeah, I'm grateful for that 14 months, probably more than any other point of my career, because it, yeah. it, really, it was like, well, it's an eye opener, isn't it? You have to work for the worst club in the league mm-hmm. on paper. You know, you don't have the good facilities. They don't have the best players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more realistic. It's not living in the bubble of the football world where, mm-hmm. you know, people earn stupid money and it's more like a normal job and you've got normal people earning, you know, your everyday wages. Mm-hmm. So that made me appreciate it more when I did obviously get better contracts as I got older um, because I knew I knew what it was like when, you know, when I signed for Preston, we, were, we weren't getting paid at Morecambe. The owner had come in and wasn't, we weren't getting paid. Um, wow. So I went from having 
I think I had £23 in my account at one point and I was saying to the manager, I can't afford to make it in for training tomorrow and the game at the weekend. So you've kind of got to pick what what day I'm coming in. So I think when wow. you've been that yeah. low, yeah, it's, it obviously makes you appreciate what you then get, Yeah, you know, 100 times over. I think I cried when my... Because I was get I was meeting my wife around that time when I was signed for Preston, and I like cried when I signed for Preston wow. because I just couldn't believe I'd gone from having, you know, twenty quid in my account to suddenly being a championship player again, and it made it all worth it. Yeah, all the hard work, all the playing on the, on the worst pitches, but then also like growing as a person and and things like that. It did just make it all worth it. Um, so I think yeah. that's why I appreciate it a lot more. I think. What that's really about there is is putting yourself in a situation, rough or not, and just backing yourself to yeah, just backing yourself and saying, "Look, I can do this." Where it gives me a, it's a platform to show what I yeah, can yeah, do. Cool. And, and, and it, I think it's it's not an easy thing to do to put yourself in a, in a difficult position or a step back or whatever, and then just back yourself to say, "Right, at least I'm I, I can give it a go." It's not an easy thing to yeah, do, man. So because I think especially I had this conversation with my wife yesterday. Like a lot of footballers don't really have much to fall back on. Yeah, they invest so much in trying to be a footballer and once you've got your foot in the door it's so hard to keep it in the door mm-hmm. whereas I think a lot of jobs once you're in you're in mm-hmm. um, whereas you know if you lined up 100, people, 100 lads at school and said what do you want to be when you're older more than 60% would probably say a footballer mm-hmm. and that's not just one year that's every single year you've got someone trying to take you and even me now I'm 29 I've played 400 games and there's kids who are 18, 19, and you think, well, I better be good this year because, you know, they're coming for my place. You know, the lads who get released from Man U and get released from City and Arsenal, you know, they want to then sign for a, a derby. Mm-hmm. I, th- I know players who don't do that, and then they end up at 24, and they've got nothing. Mm-hmm. They've played mm-hmm. 50 games, and then they can't get a club because they haven't gone out and, and got the experience of playing, you know, men's football where, you know, every game matters more because... Mm-hmm. You've got to put food on the table, and or in my yeah. case, you've got to afford petrol. It was good. It's good to look back on. I think things like that just to remind you when you when you get to a place where you feel fortunate to remind yourself what it was like, so you don't go you know the complete other way where you take it for granted. And I think yeah. I've done that relatively well. Hundred percent. I mean, you went to work. You know, you you grafted and it paid yeah. off. But you had to have that belief for that to happen. Like Mark yeah. said, you had to believe in yourself and sometimes you know people around you will say that they perhaps don't think it's the right thing whatever but at those moments you have to just you have to be true to yourself don't you? yeah no definitely well wd41 have you got any more questions for tom he's asked some good questions he's thorough with his research okay he's asking you there if you could swap places with any player in the world for one match, who would it be and why? Um, I like that one. At the moment, I'd probably say Haaland because he's scoring hat-tricks every week. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think he's... I know that this is going to quite sound quite silly, but you know, the chances he gets because of the players around him, mm-hmm. like I'd back myself to score. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. He yeah. doesn't score... From outside, that he doesn't score messy like goals, does he? He gets, you know, De Bruyne puts on a plate for him, Grealish yeah. puts on a plate for him, Foden, Bernardo Silva. I think that would be good just to just score at will because at our league it's not easy to score. You know what I mean? Um, whereas he just seems to find it so easy. 
Yeah. And just that, you know, scoring a goal, you can't beat that feeling. Yeah. It's, it's quite a bizarre feeling. I don't think you can really explain to people who, who haven't done it. And yeah, I think that would be, I mean, he scored five of the week and he had about 10 touches. That would be like my dream. Just don't touch the ball. Just, just score. <laughs> um, so I'd say at the moment, yeah, someone like wow. him. I think you know you could say like Messi and Ronaldo, but I think you'd just get mobbed, and I couldn't cope with that. Yeah, yeah. Haaland just kind of like goes under the radar, keeps himself to himself, but then just rocks up on a Saturday and Wednesday and and just taps it in for fun. So that'd be. <laughs> I'd probably go for that one. Sounds alright, right? And then I take a day's wages as well off him as well, if that counts. Yeah, well, you might as well, seeing as you're there. Yeah, if I'm here for a day, at least get that. <laughs> Just Venmo that across, man. <laughs> Mark, <clears throat> yes, ask WD41 if he gets the wages for the day. You were, Johnny. What, what, what are you saying, WD41? WD's willing to negotiate for you for a percentage, but he reckons he can swing it. <laughs> you know what? You make a good agent. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> He's about as comprehensible as most of them, I'd imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's getting a bit tired now, I can tell it. You can tell when his batteries are running low. Uh, <laughs> I think he's got one more question for you. Okay. All right. It follows on really nicely from the previous question. He was asking you, what's the most memorable goal you've ever scored and why was it so special to you? Um, I scored one for... Preston when we beat, we beat Blackburn 3-2 mm-hmm. and we were 2-0 down at half time but we were going through a stage like we were flying we were I think we were, we went through like a 25 game unbeaten run we were just everything we did just came off and then we got it back I, I scored to make it 2-1 we got it back to 2-2 and then I scored the winner mm-hmm. and it's probably the one I'm most that will come up the most on like Instagram or uh-huh. Twitter or people will I, don't, I mean I don't have Twitter anymore but it was the one that I always got tagged in. Um, I won goal of the month for it. I've got the trophy somewhere at home. Um, oh, so I get a constant reminder of, of that, which uh-huh. is nice. Um, yeah, probably that one just because of, you know, it was a local derby. We were 2-0 down. I remember the celebrations after the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, yeah, games like that you remember and they stay yeah. very vividly in your mind. The nice thing about but, moments like that is you've got them. That's it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, You've and got that locked and loaded. Now, and... It's always there. So even like, you know, if I'm having a bad time, if I'm not playing very well or things like that, it's nice to look back on things mm-hmm. like that just to, you know, boost your confidence or remind you of what you can do. My equivalent is watching my Britain's Got Talent audition because it was such a sort of giant thing to go on. It was a bit of a gamble and it went really well. And that's that's something that I would sometimes watch if I need to sort of like remind myself of what I'm capable of and, you know, what's out yeah. there and... Well, it was good when I went to see you at Jason Manford, so... Yeah, where uh, did you come to? Which venue was that? Uh, just the one in Manchester. I don't know what it, I don't know what the place is called. Was uh, it the Apollo, the theatre? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Because um, I went back there with him at the end of last year and we did the arena. Massive. So, yeah, it was... It was no, the no, I, didn't, I, no I, went to, I went to the smaller one. So this was oh, okay. three years ago, maybe. Yeah, Two, I was it just after it. COVID? I think maybe just after COVID. Did it was it? I think I so. Remember. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I've got a really great clip somewhere of me. I recorded that set on my phone. I sometimes just start my voice memo when they go on stage, and I recorded it. And I've got this really cool clip where, when I came off stage, I was just absolutely buzzing. And I mean, you remember, it's like an amazing atmosphere down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it and was really good. 
Jason was stood in the wings and he'd been watching me and I know him a bit anyway, but I went over to him and I've just got this bit on the end of my set where I'm just talking to him. And basically I'm just, I just sound like I'm tripping. Cause I'm just going, Oh my God, it's so good to be back on stage. And there's all these people. Yeah, yeah. And it's because we'd had that big gap and we hadn't had yeah, any gigs. Yeah. It was like getting back to it again. And it kind of captured this little thing and you can hear him sort of laughing, thinking like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're back. He's, he's hilarious as well. So he's the best. That was yeah, a big night. Brilliant. Well, that's cool, man. Okay. I think that's about everything. I think it is. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on and chatting yeah, to us. Dude. No, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, well, thanks thank again for your time and doing it. And, and good luck with everything. I'll, I'll hopefully yeah, see you soon. No, thank you. Yeah, no, keep in touch. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, Tom. Nice to meet you, man. See you later. See you. Bye. bye. Next week, as we mentioned earlier on, is going to be our season finale. And I can reveal that our guest next week, he got mentioned in the very first podcast the time that we first met up and you brought the coat back, I called him my hero. We've got Frank Turner on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cracking. We're going to go out with a bang. And that will come out next Friday. Don't forget, if you want to donate to the podcast, our page is gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash blue coat. I'm going to pin that up on my Facebook page as well at some point. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. It's been a lovely show today. Don't forget to look after your gear. And as always, it's goodbye from me, Johnny Awesome. It's goodbye from me, Mark Carver. And it's goodbye from him and all. Thank you.